um, then that was extremely powerful in creating a sense of motivation within the student themselves to want to go out and chase that dream. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to the network, our podcast here about profession-based learning and all things uh, CAPS and CAPS Network. And this is a very special episode for a number of reasons. Uh, and we ha- are just uh, excited to welcome in Super Bowl champion Justin Reed, starting safety for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, many of you know that uh, you know the CAPS program started here in Kansas City. Uh, many of you also know that uh, myself, Corey here, uh, has been a lifelong Chiefs fan. So uh, this is a thrill for me personally for a number of reasons. But uh, Justin is, uh, as many of the Chiefs kingdom players are, very involved in the community, the focus on community service, and j- just a great program that he's teeing up this summer for youth in Kansas City. So, Justin, first off, welcome to the network. We're excited to have you on this morning. Hey, what's going on, Corey? Appreciate the invitation to hop on board. I'm excited to talk about, you know, all things Chiefs and philanthropy. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we had the pleasure of meeting here a few weeks ago, and I had uh, quite a few minutes to visit with you and just sit and listen uh, to your story, uh, more about, you know, Justin Reed, but also... Uh, you know, your motivation and things that drive you. And uh, I would love nothing more than for uh, folks that follow our podcast to be able to hear directly from you, uh, who you are, (laughs) what motivates you. And I think that uh, actually leads us right into talking about the effort that you're lifting up this summer. So tell tell us more about uh, where you've come from, uh, what interests you and, and what's driving you right now. Okay, 100 percent. I'll start off with my background and I'll move on to, you know, how that influenced my motivation for starting my foundation, J. Reed and D. So born and raised just outside of Baton Rouge, Louisiana and Prairieville, um, Louisiana. I'm the youngest of four, um, two brothers and a sister. Um, my parents were both uh, fairly athletic. My dad ran track for LSU, 100, 110 hurdles, was an NCAA champion. My mom actually played um semi-pro football in a women's league was a linebacker actually so she tells everyone that me and my brother we get all our football talents from her (laughs) um and grew up in there always was good um in mathematics but you know the louisiana educational system isn't exactly the pioneer in you know stem education Mm -hmm. um but still did pretty good in mathematics uh ended up going to stanford um, got 31 on the ACT, ended up going to Stanford, um, was there three years, uh, majored in industrial engineering, um, and then declared early after my third year to go to the draft. And they got drafted to the Houston Texans. And last season, um, ended up signing with the Kansas City Chiefs, one of the best career moves I've ever made. Um, <laughs> Thank you, by the way. Here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's gifts that keeps on giving. Yeah. Uh, but along the way, I've always been a person that was very watchful. You know what I mean? Watch my environment, watch my surroundings. Um, I grew up with my parents in a foundation in faith and also in giving back. Um, so could, when Katrina hit Louisiana, we were active in the community then, um, helping John neighbors. My dad drove his pickup truck with a trailer. We just picked up debris from all over the place. Hmm. Um, just, you know, helping the lending hand. So that was always built in. Um, but one of the things that my motivation for getting in the STEM field 
um, philanthropically was I feel like there's a niche there and a need, especially in the evolving world that we're the evolving technological world that we're entering for the next generation. Um, AI, computer science, all these data data analysis. Um, and there needs to be some education there um, to give kids a head start who doesn't have um, access to those resources. So my personal connection to it was, again, growing up in Louisiana, um, good at math, wasn't good at computer science. We didn't really have computer science courses. The only thing that I took on a computer was we had this one typing class that, you know, by the end of it, I still was looking down in my hands on how to type words and things. Mm -hmm. um, but once I went to Stanford, it was mandatory that all students, regardless of what you studied, history, English, um, obviously engineering or whatever you studied, mandatory, you had to take two computer science classes, one of which was a coding class. So I ended up taking a coding class in um, in C++ and JavaScript and in Julia. Um, I actually found out that I not only um, kind of liked it, was really, really uh, anxious about it at first, you know, kind of felt like a fish out of water because I haven't been put in that world before. Um, but I found out that not only did I like it, but I actually had a little bit of a talent for it. Like, you know, the very systematic approach to typing code um, worked well with the way that my mind already worked. Um, so motivation is wanting to bring that and open the, offer that experience for the next group of kids who, you know, get allow them to get their feet wet in the environment to see if they have a, a talent or a like for it. And if they do, um, hopefully spark something there. And then the other pillars of J. Reed indeed is you start noticing things from where I grew up, which it wasn't the worst area, but it definitely wasn't the best area. Um, you start noticing the the differences and similarities between like what's different between the kids that I grew up with that were having, you know, issues um, food wise, um, behavior wise, maybe some with even with the um, prison system or what have you guys getting into trouble. And then, you know, the complete flip of script going to Stanford and, you know, the kids there to where, you know, yeah, Nobel Prize winners, senators, kids, um, kids that are, you know, very motivated and doing well for themselves. And when I really started to think about the two differences, you start to notice that there really isn't a big difference between those two groups of people. You know, mm -hmm. there is a little bit of self-motivation, but I found that there's, there's a huge environmental component to where you are and if your basic needs are being met, first being, you know, shelter, security, food, if those are being met. And then secondly, after that is access to resources and also equally important, having someone there, whether it's a father figure, a mentor, a coach, having someone there to believe in you and make that kid feel seen and also coach them that if you follow these steps in whatever field you're interested in, if you follow these steps, you know, educate yourself this way that you'll be able to have a way out. You have a goal, you have a dream, you have a way to provide for yourself and your future family. So when you don't have those things, if you don't have food security or shelter, um, or if you feel like there's no hope, then you tend to just not care. And you tend to just do whatever you got to do to survive. You're, you do things that are very short-sighted. Um, you don't think about the consequences, that type of things. But when you have a motivation and a dream, something that you feel like is actually achievable, because you have access to the resources for it and you have someone that does one-on-one -on -one mentorship with you to talk to you and answer your questions about how the world works and how to get involved in the career field, um, then that was extremely powerful in creating a sense of motivation within the student themselves to want to go out and chase that dream. If you don't have a dream to chase, you just end up getting into trouble. So that's yeah. kind of the biggest differences I've seen between those two groups. Of people, And I'm trying to bridge that gap by providing 
not only access to resources, specifically in the tech field, because it's new and upcoming and it's relatively expensive to get into with technology and laptops, um, and sometimes even intimidating for someone who's never done it before, sure. um, but also to provide that mentorship role too. So it's like, hey, while you're taking these classes, we're going to slip in some life skills and things that's going to help you out th throughout the course of your life. That's tr that's fantastic. And, uh, you know, I have two immediate takeaways. Uh, one is I love that your mom was like swarming on defense and that, that you got a yeah. lot of your defensive <laughs> instincts from your mom. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I, my, the, the visual that came up for me was within the first two minutes of the Super Bowl, you like completely depleted a guy on the, on the sideline. Uh, it was one of the hardest hits I saw all year. And that was, yeah. I mean, I, there was audible gasp in the at the Super Bowl party I was at when that happened. It was like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> and now, now I'm going to envision Justin's mom, uh, you know, doing a similar doing thing, thing when she was out there, out on the laying them out. <laughs> yeah, that was that was awesome. But the other thing is, um, I I really like this, and it speaks to me and the person that I think I am. This idea that we aren't all that different. Um, I really want to lean into that. And, and hold with that because I think that's so true and it's so easy to get distracted in our society today thinking that we have these and I'm not trying to minimize difference right I mean there are mm -hmm. things that that make us different and and give us different lenses mm -hmm. on what we think is right and beliefs and all these other things but at the end of the day we're human beings and you have this unique perspective having been in different environments around seemingly different people and to mm -hmm. be able to come out of that and say, at the end of the day, if we do a few things here and there to level the playing field, anyone can do this and and people can find inherent strengths and, and interests. And I think that's a really, really powerful Absolutely. message. Yeah, that's really good. So you mentioned uh, J. Reed Indeed, which is your foundation. Uh, people that want to learn more can go to jreadindeed.com or Google J. Reed Indeed. You'll find the website. And you had you mentioned these three pillars, um, technology, nutrition, and athletics. And, and something that I noticed when I was reviewing more of the information about the camp opportunity this summer here in Kansas City, which for those listening, July 10th through the 28th here in Kansas City, hosted at UMKC on the campus there for uh, high school age students, uh, ages 13 to 18, I, I noticed a lot of uh, great information about hands-on activities, diving into coding and tech. But then there was also this uh, teaser about Justin leading fitness sessions. Is that mm -hmm. true? So what is that? What's that going to be like for kids that show up and are participating? Yeah, so we're gonna um, we're gonna connect with the Chiefs and see if we can have them bring out some cones and drills and bags and oh um, wow! And in addition to um, wanting to promote. Uh, intellectual fitness, you know, with the coding and computer science. Um, we also do want to maintain um, the importance of having physical fitness too and staying active and um, all the health benefits there of still just getting outside and running around a little bit. So uh, we're going to connect with them, you know, see if we can bring some equipment over because equipment's always more fun for kids that you know usually don't have access to. Um, and we're going to just, you know, run around and have some fun. Let them ask me some questions. Um, if any of them are interested in football, do some football drills. If they're not interested in football, still have some general fitness things, jump rope, that nature stuff. Uh, that that sounds like a lot of fun. And you know, we're working in education. The the getting engagement, uh, driving up the level of engagement 
is always a key to all things, right? Learning, uh, good behaviors. It's all driven by kids being engaged. And sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, usually great content rises and students engage if they're interested and they go. And I think that'll absolutely happen with your camp around the coding and the tech. But sometimes we know as people that work in the education system, sometimes you also, it's good to have other hooks. And mm-hmm. uh, I could imagine some kiddos that are huge Chiefs fans saying, oh, yeah, this tech camp, I mean, that sounds a little bit interesting, but man, this might be, this is a lot, you know, three weeks and all this, but then it's like, well, wait a minute, I might be doing like football drills with Justin Reed and the Chiefs, like, yeah. sign me up for that, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that, that's really cool. They'll be able to learn something that they didn't even think that they were going there to learn along the way. That's right, that's right. Uh, so um, as we're talking about this opportunity, um, focusing on uh, – uh, underserved areas of Kansas City, um, young kiddos uh, that are entering into high school or have been in high school. Looks like it's about a half day, like kind of a morning camp, uh, 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. to 1, uh, maybe to 2 o'clock on, on Fridays. Um, I, I did notice there's a cost associated, but I know in talking with you that there's a real emphasis on trying to um, – have funds secured to allow for scholarshiping of a number of students in Kansas City. Is that right? Yeah. So we aren't taking home a cent from putting on this camp. We're not taking home a single cent. We're putting it on. The cost that's associated is just the cost of putting on a three-week-long camp with food being also associated with it, providing transportation, having guest speakers come in. Um, And it is still more expensive than where we'd like to be at this point. So we're looking for sponsorship um, from companies or individuals that you know are interested in being able to help um, and donate, whether that be time, supplies, or financially, um, to help bring in kids that otherwise wouldn't have access to it to come in and participate in the camp. This is our first iteration of the camp, so there is going to be some growing pains with it, and we see avenues for more efficiency on the cost structure going forward. Um, and as we keep putting this on, we're going to try and reduce those costs more and more and more and open up more access. Um, this camp is going to be limited to 50 seats because it is our first iteration. We wanted to have a personal experience and be very hands-on. Um, but as this starts to become more of a process um, that everyone in the foundation is familiar with, we want to expand that and open more access and find every avenue we can to reduce costs. But in the meantime, if there's anyone out there that's listening that wants to um, help and get involved, uh, whether it be corporate sponsors, this is a 501c3. You will get a write-off for it. And there is a donation link uh, at jreadindeed.com. That, that's great information. Uh, and from our previous conversation, Justin, so as I'm I'm thinking through what you just shared, there, there are multiple ways people can support this camp for the summer. One is if you're an educator and you know of students that want to be a, a participant in this, there are still these seats available to participate in the camp. So that's that's one way is identifying the students that could participate in this. Um, another way is, um, you know, finding a way to donate to the nonprofit to allow for scholarshiping of the students to participate as they're identified. And a third that would that I learned from you previously is um, there's still opportunities if uh, anyone that works in an organization that maybe has recently upcycled uh, or uh, upgraded com- computing equipment and they have. Uh, equipment, uh, you know, great computers, laptops that 
uh, kiddos could potentially access or utilize that that's another way uh, yeah, absolutely. Is, is to is to let us know about that or let you know about that and and to find ways that maybe that could be of service to the students in the in the camp um so jreadindeed.com uh, to learn more and uh i'd be remiss justin uh before we wrap up uh, to not ask you about this recent trip that you and your teammates got to make to the white house to celebrate the latest super bowl and lombardi yeah. trophy coming to the great city of kansas city so what was that like i mean that's that just it's i watched from afar and it seemed like everyone was having a great time i was uh pleasantly surprised at how many uh, short uh, video and TikTok clips were out there of the teammates having fun and dancing around yeah. inside the White House. Yeah. But t- tell us more about what that day was like for you and anything you'd like yeah, to share. It was it was a really, really fun trip. You know, we flew out in the morning. It was a one day trip, flew out in the morning, came back at night, um, got there, ended up going through, you know, the Secret Service security. Um, weren't allowed to uh, do any live recordings. There was no live recording. So the TikTok, so we were able to do a recording, but weren't able to post it directly in the moment as a safety um, yeah. feature for the for the White House. Um, you know, the whole skit where, where uh, you know, Pat and Trav come and hand the jersey to Biden and then, you know, Trav's completely spontaneous. You know what I mean? So that was, you know, pretty fun for everyone that was there <laughs> to go and watch. And then uh, I'm a little bit of an information junkie, so I like the history of things. So there are some art curators that was in there giving us some history about some of the the portraits and the the furniture and you know some of the backstory on things and man like the the, the glass on the front of the white house like you're looking at the front line and you're looking at it that glass is like 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 seven or eight inches thick wow like extremely thick they, you know, they told some story about you know how you know maybe 150 years ago how some you know people will come up and just you know fire off rounds at the white house so that's why they have them so thick um but it was a really cool trick a uh, really cool trip. Um, me, my, myself, Patrick, and Joe Thurney actually got to go talk to some of the White House staff. Um, they took us into a closed-door room, and, you know, they asked us some questions just on championship habits, handling stress, um, philanthropy, um, you know, because similar in nature, as we're in a high-stress environment, those guys are in a high-stress environment, too. So we got yeah, to give our sure. perspective on handling it. Um, and then, you know, we got to ask them some questions too, about how their, their daily life is, some of the secret service agents about how their day goes. Um, so it was really cool, really, really fun trip. We all had a lot of fun. Well, it, it sure looked like you had fun and it was, uh, it was just as a, as I said before, as a lifelong chiefs fan, things that I never thought I would see in my life, honestly, growing up, you know, in the seventies, late seventies and eighties, even into the nineties when we had great teams under Marty Schottenheimer, but they never quite could break through. Uh, the th- one thing I never thought I would see is a team of mine there at the white house celebrating a Lombardi trophy. And, oh, yeah. uh, and you know, the first go around, we, we didn't get to see it because of COVID. And so mm-hmm. this was really a, really a special event. Um, one last thing I want to throw in for any chiefs fans and Kansas Cityans that are tuning in is uh, if you know Justin Reed, one of probably the most fun games to watch was the opening game last year where he got thrown in as the substitute kicker. And uh, I actually was trying to explain to my daughters uh, more about Justin and and his uh, football prowess before having a chance to meet him here a few weeks ago. And we watched a YouTube video that just showed all of his kicks from the first game of the season. (laughs) And I mean, (laughs) my man... 
you had like, I don't know, three or four touchbacks on kickoffs. You, you know, you completed successfully extra points. I mean, it was, it was something else. What, what yeah. would you like to share before we all tune out here or, or sign off? What, what do you view as your role as a special teams player and a kicker? You are a starting yeah. and a really, I mean, amazing player as a defender. And here you are out here, like spot duty kicking. So what, yeah. what's the story? So I actually grew up playing soccer. Soccer okay. was my first love. So that's where kicking comes from. And then football became my passion around eighth grade, ninth grade is when I completely converted over to football. But I still maintain the kicking. So I was my high school team's um, kicker, punter. Um, and, you know, I used to kick field. I actually have a 50-yard field goal when I was in high school, right before halftime. Wow. Um but now, nowadays, I just like to have fun with the specialists because I have a little bit of a background on it. So every year during training camp and sometimes during practice, I'll just go over and mess around with those guys and kick a couple extra points or field goals with them too. Um, but me just having fun with them was actually practice, you know, to stay involved with it. So in that moment when it actually happened, you know, there really wasn't any nerve about it because, like, you know, I'm going to walk out there. Hey, if I miss it, I'm not supposed to make it. If I make it, it's going to be great. So uh, <laughs> it's going to go out there and have fun with it kick it as hard as I can and you know ends up being one of the coolest stories a part of a championship Lombardi season I tell you and that was the site of the Super Bowl too which was kind of interesting that that's where you guys went back for the Super Bowl was in there in yeah. Arizona but uh you know the other thing about that Justin which I I didn't recall until I went back and watched the clips was that was the first game of the year and it was uh Jim Nance and Tony Romo on the call and the, hearing them in their commentary, just kind of the surprise in their voice, I think, that you were continually yeah. like doing what professional kickers do at a pretty high level. That was a lot of fun uh, to hear yeah. them kind of reacting to you doing all this stuff. <laughs> <And so>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, Justin, thanks for joining. Um, we're really excited about your camp, uh, what it, the potential is for supporting uh, youth in Kansas City. Uh, we talked a bit earlier about the broader potential, long-term potential of this becoming an even bigger event and potentially supporting youth even beyond the the three communities where your foundation mm -hmm. focuses now, uh, one of which is here in Kansas City. Um, so we are we're um, kind of getting to work behind the scenes, trying to be as supportive as we can um, on behalf of our CAPS educators and CAPS network. Please reach out anytime. Let us know how we can support you. Um, excited about this. And uh, best of luck with everything, with practice, with training camp when that starts, um, obviously with the coding camp. And then, hey, I, stick around Kansas City. Let's bring home yeah. as many Lombardis as we can. Um, I'm, all in, I'm all in, my man. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. And appreciate your support and support of the whole Caps program, um, you know, foundationally. Uh, my foundation looks up to what you've done with yours and the way that you're able to grow and scale and the impact you've had in the community. Um, so we want to follow in those footsteps and uh, do the same thing. Well, you're you're on your way. Uh, we appreciate that so much, Justin. And um, yeah, best of luck. And uh, for all tuning in, if you're in the Kansas City area, go to jreadindeed.com. Let's get some eyeballs on camp. Um, this is the first iteration, the first year. We all know from working in this space of CAPS and innovating education that we appreciate people who step forward and experiment, right? We, we love the phrase, run the experiment. 
uh, that came for our, from our friend Rich Sheridan up in Michigan. It's this idea that we we know things will not be perfect. We know that um, we learn through doing things, right? You do, and then you learn, and then you reiterate, and you do again, and that's how you truly grow and scale. And so um, my hat's off to Justin for uh, making this leap and getting this thing started, and I'm sure they'll It'll be amazing things happen this year, but that just means even more amazing things to happen in the future. So for those of you tuning in, thank you as always for your support. Go to jreadindeed.com. Check out this camp July 10th through the 28th at UMKC's campus in Kansas City for students ages 13 to 18. Coding, uh, you know, learning more about tech and getting to have some fitness sessions with Justin and the Chiefs. Why would you not want to do this? So uh, thank you all for tuning in. Have a great summer. And until we meet again, take care of yourselves. So long.